the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There was a purpose in Jesus' life, and that was to disclose the truth of God, of judgment and salvation. He came to point people to the real truth, not some abstract concept of right and wrong, true and false, but the truth that is associated directly with who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish. And isn't it interesting that these days, and perhaps this has been the case for all time, the question is often asked, what is truth? Someone has said, beware of half-truths. You may have understood or believed the wrong half. (laughs) No half-truths on this broadcast. This is Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor. And he's been in the book of John for a number of weeks now, and we're nearing the end. He'll be moving into chapter 19 today, and I hope you can follow along. And then Pilate asks what Jesus has done. And for Pilate, that's the important things. thing. He, he, he's not prepared to accept what the chief priests say at face value. He wants to know what's behind all of this. What in the world has Jesus done to arouse such hostility by the religious leaders? Verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. So Jesus doesn't give a direct answer to Pilate's question, What have you done? But rather, he describes the nature of his kingdom. Now, the word that Jesus uses here, translated kingdom, is basalia, and the word is primarily focused upon the reign or kingship, not territory. And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. There's a little Greek word in there, ek, which means out of. So literally what Jesus was saying is, my kingdom is out of this world. When we as Christians talk about our ultimate retirement, we say our retirement is out of this world. Jesus said, my kingdom is out of this world. Now, he wasn't saying that someday is kingdom was not going to come to earth because the scriptures tell us that he's going to rule as king of kings and lord of lords and the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. But rather what he was telling us is that his kingdom was not going to be designed like other kingdoms of this worldly system. It's not going to be built on politics. Uh, He's not going to be elected by the Democrats or the Republicans. That His kingdom is not going to be the result of political maneuvering. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, then, then my servants would fight. And that was to underscore the fact that his servants weren't fighting. They weren't engaged in military activity. If he had wanted to establish an earthly kingdom, one of the first things he would have done is recruit soldiers. And the prime opportunity for that would have been on the triumphal entry into Jerusalem a few days previous, where tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of euphoric people were Uh, stirred in a nationalistic fervor and waving palm branches saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But Jesus refused to take advantage of the opportunity. 
And even when the crowds wanted to make him king by force, such as at the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus refused. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not from this world. Now he has a kingdom, but it's not like a worldly kingdom. It doesn't consist of a military force, geographical boundaries, an economic system and the like, but rather Jesus' kingdom is in the hearts and minds of men, women, and children who have declared him to be their Savior and Lord. Verse 37, Then Pilate said to him, So you're a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Now, Pilate's words, so your king, can be taken in more ways than one. They might have been a statement. You are a king. Or they might have been a question. So you are a king? With a note of irony. But Jesus' kingship was one of the major themes woven throughout John's gospel. Jesus said, for this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come into the world. And what Jesus was saying is that he had been born like other human beings, but unlike other human beings, he had come into the world. And these two statements taken together are clearly a reference to his preexistence and the incarnation of the Son of God. And you remember how John begins his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. For this purpose, to bear witness to the truth. There was a purpose in Jesus' life, and that was to disclose the truth of God, of judgment and salvation. He came to point people to the real truth, not some abstract concept of right and wrong, true and false, but the truth that is associated directly with who Jesus is and what he came to accomplish. And what Jesus says is that those who are in the truth are going to respond. Listens to my voice is not only talking about hearing, but also about responding with understanding and obedience. But unfortunately for Pilate, he was not one who was of the truth because he would not listen to the voice of Jesus. He was face to face with truth personified and did not recognize him. And Pilate dismisses the subject with a tearful question, what is truth? It's unclear if he was jesting or if he was just wistful, but in in any event, that ends the conversation. He doesn't even wait for an answer. After he'd said this, he went back outside of the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. The Bible makes it clear that Pilate was convinced that Jesus was innocent. In Matthew, it's recorded that Pilate said, I am innocent of the blood of this just or innocent person. In Mark, it says that Pilate knew that the chief priests had delivered Jesus for envy. In Luke, Pilate, therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. And a couple of verses later says, I have found no cause of death in him. 
In John 18.38, I find no fault at all. In 19.12, from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. In Acts chapter 3, Pilate, when he was determined to let him go, time and again the scriptures tell us that Pilate was convinced that Jesus was innocent. He was no revolutionary. He was no danger to the state. He, he may safely be released, and Pilate set himself to make this happen. And so he goes outside, and he speaks to the Jews. He doesn't talk about the high priest. He talks about the Jews. So evidently, a crowd had already begun to gather. And he tells them that he has found no crime in Jesus. And evidently, he is endeavoring at this point to appeal to the sympathy of the crowd. He proposes to release Jesus, draws attention to the custom of releasing a prisoner. But Pilate couldn't even dream or imagine that the religious leaders would urge the people to demand that Barabbas be released instead. The contrast between Barabbas and Jesus was just too great. The Gospel of Mark tells us that Barabbas was imprisoned with men who had taken part in an insurrection and had committed murder during it. Luke adds that Barabbas himself was a murderer. Matthew says that he was a notorious prisoner. And when you take it all together, it suggests that Barabbas was a member of the resistance movement that was in opposition to Rome. And as a result, he would have been a hero to many Jews. You know, there's an irony here. And the irony is in the fact that the religious leaders persuaded the people to secure the release of a man who was found guilty for the same crime that they accused Jesus of, who was innocent. Barabbas was guilty, but he went free. Jesus was innocent, but he paid the price. And this is the essence of the truth of the gospel. That we were guilty, but we walk free. That Jesus was innocent, but that he paid the price for our sin. This is the essential truth of the gospel. And I think that there's a second lesson that we can take from this as well today. And that is that we see here religion and Christianity contrasted. Religion is represented by these religious leaders and Christianity is represented by Christ. And you have these religionists who thought they were pleasing to God because they refused to step inside of the home of a Gentile and be potentially ceremonially unclean. And so they were convinced that they were pleasing to God. And they totally ignored and discounted the fact that they were busy manipulating the judicial system, the judicial system, to secure the death of an innocent man. Religious people are dangerous. They'll go around, they'll look for problems, issues, weaknesses, failures in other people. And be so preoccupied looking around, they ignore the sin in their own life. And we need to be very careful that we don't become religious people. That whenever 
there's this tendency to stick our finger at somebody else. It's a cue for us to stop and examine ourselves. To repent of any sin in our own life and ask God for his forgiveness and cleansing. What a thought to ponder today and meditate on. More teaching from Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. He's in the book of John. We'll wrap up this study in a couple of weeks here on this station. If you've joined us from the very beginning of the study in the book of John, well, God bless you. It's been a while, hasn't it? If you've missed any of the lessons, you'll find them all on the website at highlands.us. You can link to those, download them, share them with others. That's highlands.us. Just click on the Messages link on the homepage. And check out all of the activities planned for the month of December. They start in just a week and a half or so on the weekend of the 11th. The specifics, again, are on the website at highlands.us. And we make it pretty easy for you to join with us financially. Come alongside as a partner in that way. Help us uh, continue to be on the air here in the Bay Area. Have a blessed rest of your day. And come back tomorrow if you can when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.